Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Let's join Pastor Tim McLaughlin and go to the message. So I'm going to do things a little different today. We're going to, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, the whole chapter. I'm going to start with verses 1 through 7 and try to get through that today. I really got, I had nine pages and I, I said, Lord, I, gotta, I want to try to get all the whole chapter this week or today. And then it went to 14 pages, so I don't know where we're going to be, but I just know that we're going to be one place today. But I, I want to get through verses 1 through 7 today if all possible. Would like to get to 15 through 26 if I make it. But I got to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 24, and that just went into a whole nother. So we'll get there one day, okay? But uh, today we're going to talk about the purpose of our placement. And Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. We must understand and we must know what our purpose is. I have struggled sometimes understanding why God called me to preach. That's not something I want to do. I'm not real comfortable being in front of folks sometimes, and especially doing something that such sacred places behind this desk. But I know what God called me to do. I know he equipped me to do it. So I have to go on with what Solomon says in this chapter. I know that there is a season and there is a purpose under heaven. But he not only goes on to say that. Solomon in all his wisdom penned all of this. But he said that there is a time to be born. There's a time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up. What is planted. But he tells us there is a time and a place for everything that we do in our life. Everything. Every activity we do. Every place we go. Every invitation that we get is an invitation to show God's grace and God's mercy. It's an invitation to trust God's sovereign hand and to live our lives with meaning and with purpose. How many of y'all just be honest with me this morning? Y'all just, some of y'all, if you, you were like me, you didn't really walk in God's purpose. You kind of just meandered along. Time's getting short. We ain't got time for that anymore. We've either got to hit the road running or we're going to get left behind. So God really began to deal with me about this. So like I say, I'm going to do things a little different today. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to get into the second chapter of Timothy. And it's a delightful chapter if you really get to read it and study it. And I've been studying this for a couple of months. I've wrote pages after pages after pages in my journal. And I go back and I get to write again. And then I get to go into some more scriptures. And I'm like, God. How wonderful is your word? So when I try to subtract, God added. So he knows what's going on, I don't. So I'm just going to follow him today, okay? So that's what I'm going to do. But uh, Timothy begins to, in 2 Timothy, Paul really begins to write to Timothy. And he tells him of seven things that we need to be in the church. I don't know that we'll get to all seven, but I do want to get to the first four today, if all possible. But he tells us that we're to be a son, We'll never be anything else in this list if we're not first of all a son. 
Got to be a son. But he told us to be a soldier, not just only a soldier, but a good soldier. He told us to be an athlete. I'll get there, Sister Julie. Just hold on a minute. That's good right there. You you ain't got to go through all of them if you don't want. But you can. (laughs) He said we had to be a good soldier. But he said we had to be an athlete. That scares some of us in this place today. I, I was... I was scared of the good soldier, but when he began to talk about an athlete, I'm like, I ain't one of them. Okay. But then he says we're to be a farmer. But he says we're to be a workman and a teacher. We're to be a vessel, but we're to be a servant. So we're going to try to get through these first four today, if God allows. I'm, I'm ringing just a little bit, Quinn. I think I got a little too much gain, but. If you'll, if you'll bear with me, we're going to try to get there. But we're going to start in 2 Timothy, verses 1 and 2, but let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to come before you. God, I thank you for your word that you poured out in my heart, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the revelation, God, that you give me for what I need to be, Father God, and for what need, we need to be in this end time. But Father, I know, God, that there is a time and there's a place and there is a purpose for everything you do. You make no mistakes. You know what's, what happens. You know who needs to be where, Father God. And I know you have placed us here for a purpose. So, God, I pray that you help us today to understand what that purpose may be. But, God, not only that we understand it, God, that we just be hearers of the word, but, God, that we be a doer of the word. And God, that we'll go forth into the purpose that you have set out for us, for this church, for this town, for this place. God, I pray that you help us today. It's in your name I ask all these things. Amen. So as Timothy, Paul begins to talk to Timothy about what he's supposed to do, and, and it is a delightful chapter. I love reading it, and I've read it, and it's been open on my desk for months two months I'm not real sure every time I go in there I, I can I can probably throw that Bible down and that's where it's going to because I've just I've been in it and I've read it and I've, I've read it and I've ate it and I've read it and I've ate it and the more the more I read it the more it begins to speak to me so the more I, it begins to speak to me the more I have to go to other pages and the more I have to go to others and so the Lord really began to deal with me about being a son I don't know about you but I was not always a good son to my daddy but I want to be a great son to my father. So we need to know who we are. And we need to know for what we've got to do for this end time. Because I believe it's, it's getting closer. It's a lot closer than it used to be. It's a lot closer today than it was yesterday. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. It says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul begins to use this figure of speech to Timothy, calling him his son. He wasn't Paul's biological son, but he was his son in the faith. And he began to take this and we can be called sons because we are part of the child, a child of God. If we get to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Having been born again, praise God, not of corruptible seed, 
but of incorruptible. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. We're going to pass away. We're going to one day get rid of this world, but God's word's going to stand. My granny used to tell me the truth's going to stand when the world's on fire. And the truth is the word. It's going to stand. But I like what it says. We were born through the word of God. The Bible tells me that Jesus was the word. And the word became flesh and he dwelled among us. So if I'm born by the word, 1 John 1, 12 and 13 tells me, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. I am not only a child here, but I am a child of the living God. I know where I'm at. Listen to what verse 13 says. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God didn't make any mistakes. Some of you might have been told you were a mistake, but God didn't make any mistakes. If you can hear me right now, you can hear what verse 12 and 13 of John 1 tells me. That if you receive him, he will give you the right to become a child of God. God made no mistakes. I've often told him, God, I think you made a mistake when you called me. And I, I can almost see him looking over heaven like, boy, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> My daddy, when he, when he means business with me, it's boy. <laughs> so I, I can almost see God say, boy, that ain't, uh-uh. I don't make mistakes. But listen to what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says. I like this. Brother Eric, you may have to hold me a minute. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. But listen to the words in verse 10. Listen to them, what they said. It said, who once were not a people, but are now the people. We were not, but now I'm in the the category. I am one of his who have obtained mercy and who have obtained, who, who has obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Well, I didn't have mercy at one time. You ever really looked up what mercy stands for? Let me read it to you. Mercy's definition. It says compassion or forgiveness shown toward someone. That someone is me who was in his own power to punish and to harm. God had ever right to strike me dead because I was, a, I was a sinner. But by his grace and mercy, he showed compassion on me. And now I can say I was not a people, but I am the people. I am in his kingdom and I am his kid. And that grace is, is this definition. It says God's undeserving favor on my behalf. Boy, if it wasn't just for mercy and grace, I don't know. You talk about fields of grace, I thank God for those fields of grace and mercy because some days I need them. Mm. But Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 tells us this. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. There wasn't nothing I could do to get it. Not a thing in the world I could do to get it, but it was his perfect will and his perfect gift for me said, it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works, at least any, anyone should boast. 
If I could do it in my own self, I could say, yeah, I did that. But I'm going to tell you, I ain't done none of this. Nothing. This is all God's grace and his mercy. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What did pastor say last week? God good, devil bad. I'm created for good, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He had our purpose and our destiny set when we were born. But it is our responsibility to heed to his call and to heed to what he says that we can become a child of God. We're going to come to this verse again if we get there today, if we can get that way. But what this means is we've got to completely, completely trust in Christ. We've got to trust in his power, and we can't live this thing all by ourselves. I'm going to tell you, if, if it was just for Brad, I wouldn't be right here today. If it was Brad, I'd be somewhere else. But I know what i got to do because I want to see him. His time's going to draw near. He's coming, and I want to be there to see him. But we got to receive Christ's power, and we got to utilize it. And we got to give him everything that we have that we can live in his strength and his power. This is what Colossians 2, chapter, six, I mean, chapter 2, verses 6 through 10 says. It says, As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. It didn't say walk in bread. It didn't say walk in pasture. It said walk in him, the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only do we got to walk in him, listen to what verse 7 says. It says rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving in what? In that faith. Verse 8 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Verse 9 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I want you to pay attention to verse 10 because we're going to come back to it in a minute. It says, And you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities. And power. If we ever going to get to where we want to be, we first of all have got to be a son and a daughter of Christ. We can't live this thing in our own way. We can't do it in our own self. But we got to be a son. Because the next thing he told us to do was to be a good soldier. Something may be hard for some of us. It kind of scared me a little bit. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 says, You therefore must endure hardship we'd stop reading right there most of us we just say oh, that's not for me I'm, I'm, I'm going to the next one you can go to the next verse because he's, he's telling you why it says as a good soldier of Jesus Christ no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier you say a Christian should be a soldier? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We are to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. Me and Brother Eric got to talking about that. Was it Wednesday? 
Mm, I couldn't hardly make it home. I got to thinking, and I'm, I about missed my road a couple times, and I'm like, Lord, have mercy. But then I got to read, because I knew what I'd done been studying, and I knew what I'd been reading about. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen to verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of this dark age. Let's go back to verse 10 in Colossians chapter 2. What did it say? We already won the battle. He already told us in one place, but he's telling us we've got to put on this because we're going to fight. Verse 10 in Colossians 2 says, And you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. God's got all this thing under control. There ain't nothing that's above him, nothing. Even though in Ephesians it tells us that we are going, we're going to wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But listen to what it says. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. We can't leave not one bit of it down. We've got to take up the whole thing. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all to do but to stand we're going to have to endure we're going to have to be diligent about what we do because we're going to have to withstand some things but he told us to stand we're going to have to withstand some things there's not some things that's just not going to come easy to us but we got to stand on God's word fully clothed with these clothes starting in verse 14. It says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which we will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. If we stop right there, we're clothed, we're ready to go. We're ready to stand. But you've got to take it to verse 18. Listen to what verse 18 tells us. Praying always to this end with all perseverance. Uh, praying with always with supplications, prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Did you hear what he said? Praying always with prayer and supplication. Where at? In the Spirit. We can't do it without it. I'm going to tell you, I don't know how I lived this life all, all, all the time I did before the Lord baptized me in the Holy Ghost and gave me His Spirit and led me. He said He'd be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But when that Spirit came, did I begin to see the light? And I really began to see what, what he really was talking about. So if we just stop right there in verse 17 and us being just shielded and us being ready to go, if we don't pray, we might not ever get there. Because I don't know about you, some days I don't even want to get out of bed until I just have to pray say, God, I need you today. I don't know what's going on, but you do. I need you today. We can't just wear this armor. We've got to pray in the Spirit. 
Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3 and 5. 3 foot through 5. We're going to get to where why we've got to be a good soldier. Well, first of all, we've got to be a son. But we've got to be a soldier. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their eyes away from the truth. If we're not there, I don't know where we're at. And be turned aside to fables. But listen to what he says again. You be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Withstand. We've got to withstand some things. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. You better know what your purpose is and you better walk in it. And you better stay there. Because there is times coming, and we're going to get in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 7. We haven't seen all that's coming, but it's coming around the block. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, Without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. I believe we're there. But listen to what it says. And for such people, from such people, turn away. Turn. Turn away. Verse 6 says, For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captivity, captives to gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I heard a study said this is the smartest generation there's ever been in knowledge, but they dumb as dirt when it comes to the Word of God. Knowledge. Always learning, but never able come to the knowledge of the truth. There's one thing to be knowledgeable. There's one thing to know the truth. Our kids are taught that there's many different ways that you became a human. There's many different ways for this. The Word of God says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh by him except through him. Got to have the Spirit. But what we've got to do, we've got to do as 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 tells us. We cannot entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life that we may please him who enlisted us as a soldier. Our enemy will want nothing better than for us to take our eyes off the warfare and fighting against every day. And entangle ourselves with the things that's going on in this world. He, he, he'd just rather us be all confused and worried and downtrodden. And not really worry about him, but worry about things going on in this world. Am I worried about Israel? Not really. Am I praying for him? Yes, sir. I am. God has a plan. And God has a purpose. We all knew that it was coming. We all knew we all know. 
But listen to what he tells us if we get caught up in this place, in, this, in the affairs of this world, and we don't do what we're supposed to do. Listen to what 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 and 22 tells us. It says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than to have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing and the mire. So if we're going to be a good soldier, we've got to go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17. Brother Eric. Come, come here, Brother Brother Frankie. What does it tell us we got to do? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 14 says, Stand therefore, girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the devil. Brother Eric, man, you talked about that shield. And the Lord really began to deal with me about that shield. That shield's not just for you. It's for Frankie, too. If Frankie's downtrodden, if I'm downtrodden, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to take my shield and cover him. I got that breastplate of righteousness and I got that belt of truth with that sword. So therefore, I can take another hand as I'm holding for him and I can lay this hand and I can pray. It's for our pastor when he's attacked. It's for our kids when they're attacked. They don't know how to put on the battle, battle armor. They don't know. They might be lost. It's our job as a good soldier to put that shield of faith up, yes. to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, yes. Yes. that we will lay, hold our shields up and protect them until they come to know the knowledge of the truth of the Lord Jesus. Yes. We can't do it by ourselves. It's not just for us. It's, it's long too gone that we're in this thing for ourselves. It's coming to an end. we got to be in it for all. Amen. One and all, yes. families, pastor, congregation, when we see one stand and we see one fall, we're to lift that shield of faith. Okay. And we are to pray. Yes. So all those fiery darts might not touch them. Yes. We've got armor. But you know what that armor does not have? Something in the back. Because we don't turn our back on him. We're to have that shield of faith. And we are to protect those around us, not only for ourselves, but for those that are around us. We've got to do it. We can't just worry about ourselves, but we've got to worry about our kids, our pastor, our families. We've got to do it. So we've got to be a son. We've got to be a good soldier. But then we've got to be an athlete. We come to the third analogy. He's talking about being an athlete. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, 
and also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Now I'm going to say this. I, I, I was reading and I found this saying. I don't know who said it. If it did, I'd give him credit. But this is what it says. The only exercise some Christian gets is jumping to conclusions, running down their friends, sidestepping responsibility, and pushing their luck. This ain't the type of exercise Paul was talking about for us. Now, I don't know about y'all. I, I, I played a little ball, and I didn't have the coach said, Now, son, today we're going to run a little bit and try to, try to build up some endurance. If you feel like it, could, could, could you go out there and run? If he wasn't behind me kicking me in the rump, I might not have been running. (laughs) I knew what I was going to get if I didn't. He didn't just ask me nicely. He said, this is what we about to do. And if you don't do it in this one, you'll do it on the next 50 I give you. You ever been down there and they say, give me five push-ups and you're down there like, "Mm -hmm." and you do, oh, oh. Them five not enough, how about doing 50 more? And you're like, no, man, I'm, I'm good. So we got to be an athlete. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 15 says this, now that I have already, not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on. It's going to take some endurance and some diligence to press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Boy, if you really begin to take that, if you're going to lay hold on what he laid hold of you with, he died on an old rugged cross being beat so there was nothing left on his back. And he died for me and you so he could lay hold of me because I was a sinner. He took every bit of that sin upon him and his father that he had never, ever been away from, had to turn his back on him for me. I don't know about y'all, but when he took mine and God turned his back on his son, I know what that heartbreak could feel like. I I don't even know if I could imagine how heartbreaking that was for him. But it says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but one thing I do. What he said to be a good soldier. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press. There's that endurance one more time. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward calling in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many are mature, Have this mind, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Paul also began to tell us that we got to keep our bodies under control and we got to be disciplined. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. It says, Do you not know that all who run in the race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, you can look at me, I ain't never been a runner. Never run a race. But I look at all them folks and that guy that's in the back. 
I'm talking about he might be a half a mile behind them. He's running just as hard as he can. He may not, he may not get that prize, but his prize is going to be crossing that finish line. We all got to run. Verse 25 says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. They might be just running to get a medal. I'm running to see the king. I'm going to run this race no matter what it costs me. I'm going to run this race no matter how it hurts. I'm going to run this race because one day I'm going to get to see him. If I don't see him by the grave, I'm going to see him split that eastern sky. I'm going to go. Hell or high water, no matter what I got to face, no matter what troubles I got to go through, I'm going to learn how to endure and be diligent. Those are harsh words because I've had to do that some days. God, why me? But I begin to go back to this word. I run this race not for an imperishable crown, or not for a perishable crown, but an imperishable one that I'm going to be able to see him and I'm going to know who he is. Verse 27 or 26 is, Therefore I run thus with the uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. Verse 27 is just one of these we really don't like. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, at least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This ain't one of them things, do as I say. It's one of them things you got to do as I do. You may be the only word somebody ever sees. We're going to get to the farmer here in a minute. We're going to talk about some seed. But you got to be a good son, a good soldier, and an athlete. But Matthew tells us why we need to be an athlete. Matthew 25 and 21 says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few, few things, but I'll make you rulers over many. Enter in unto the joys of the Lord. It'll all be worth it one day. Everything we have to go through, all the things that we have to endure, all the physical ailments we have, all the mental things that we have to go through to endure, it'll all be worth it when we see Jesus. And he says, enter in to the joys of the Lord. As a child of God, we got to strive or we got to press on. God intends that we win this race. And every child of God need to recognize this. We are the play by the rules. When I played ball, I had to hit every base. I couldn't go to first and run across the pitcher's mound and go to third. I'd like to. That's a lot less running. But I couldn't do it. Those of y'all that have been a uh, uh, military, you understand what being a good soldier means? I'm sure the drill sergeant didn't come in there every morning and say, hey, 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 it's about time to get up. <laughs> you, you, you think... You think we may could run a little bit today? Now, I've talked to a bunch of them, and their first thing they tell you to do, they're they going to just, they just going to knock you down and tell you who's boss. We got to be a good soldier, and we got to be an athlete. You got to play by the rules. They didn't do that to hurt you. 
They did that so you would learn some endurance. Because there are some things in this life that we're going to have to withstand. But the Bible tells me I can be fully clothed in his armor and I can stand. Do everything you can do to stand. And I can pray in the spirit. And he said he would deliver me out of them all. So we got to be fully clothed and we got to pray. So the next thing he tells us is that we got to be a farmer. Now I've done some farming in my life. My daddy thought that we could, we could, and he worked all the time. But my daddy thought not only that we could plant a garden for us, but we could go help every widow woman and everybody that needed the garden planted and picked all over town. So I kind of know what some sowing some seed and some, I wrote a, a, a set of planters because I was, I was the man that got to pour the seed in the bucket and kept the fertilizer harper full. But I also had to ride that, ride that thing while he's up there to make sure all them seeds went down that hole and they got in that ground and got covered up. Don't let them run out. And don't let that fertilizer run out. Because it ain't no good if you don't have fertilizer with it. So I understand a little bit about this farming. I know what he's talking about. Comes to this fourth description. He talks about the one who tills the field and sows the seed. Got to be a son. Got to be a good soldier because we're going to endure some things. And we got to be an athlete so our bodies will be ready because the work's coming. We got to be a farmer. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says, The hard-working farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. We got to sow seed. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10 tells us, But this I say, now we use this scripture in a lot in giving, but it's not just about giving. This is about everything we do for the Lord. It says, who who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have an all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Not just for giving, but for every good work that we do. We got to give it our best and give it our all. It says, as it is written, he who disperses abroad, he has given to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. I like this verse 10. It says, now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase your fruits of your righteousness. You know the one that gives us all the seed to sow? Christ Jesus. He said he'd supply it if we would do it. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4 and verse 6. Told you about being a, a, a son. And I told you about being a soldier. Says that we can't get entangled in this world. We got to be a good soldier enlisted doing what we're supposed to do he's setting us up because you know we get into the farmer listen to what ecclesiastes 11 
verse 4 and then 6 says. It says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. If I'm too busy worrying about, I don't know if I need to say nothing today about, about the Lord. I'm kind of in a room that um, they might not like me if I begin to talk about the Lord. I might not need to sow them seeds today. Can I just go ahead and just be honest with you? If you've ever claimed to be a Christian, they probably don't like you anyway if they don't know who he is. You might as well just put a nail in that coffin and go on about your business and tell them all about the Lord because they need to hear it. You may be the only farmer that comes in that field. You might be the only ones that scatter seed. It's not your job if it falls on hard ground. It's not your job if it grows on thorns or thistles or if it gets in that good ground. That's not your job. Your job is so. Because we're going to get to a minute, in just a minute, what the other ones is. But listen to what verse 6 says. It says, in the morning, sow your seed. In the morning is Monday morning. Sow your seed where you go. I don't care who you face. You might get up to one in the morning. It looks just like the devil and acts just like him. Sow your seed. What are you going to do to you? You got on the full armor of God. If he begins to throw them old fiery darts just to, what am I going to do? It ain't me. So it says, in the morning sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withstand, withhold your hand. I don't know about y'all. I got family that's lost. Sow it in the morning. Sow it in the evening. Because it says, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. It ain't your problem if it don't fall in the right place. All you got to do is sow it. Because you may be the only farmer that comes through that field. Now I got to understand something. When my daddy said that we're going to help every widow woman in town, we're going to go and sow that seed and we're going to reap it for her or for him or for them. Nobody else would have done it. We was the only farmer in that field. The Lord hit me with a ton of bricks. Because I may be the only one at work in that field that's going to soak. I don't want to stand before him and say, you know all those you come to Monday morning? They didn't make it on Tuesday. You could have sowed that seed. I'd have watered it if you'd have just sowed it. Boy, that come to reality to me. It was hard work, and I didn't like it, and I complained about it. But those kids, those widows, and those old men and women, they ate all year long to the next year. All winter long, they ate because of what we did. It ain't nothing to me because I complained about it the whole time. I didn't get none of that because I complained about it. He said, do it not grudgingly. I did. But my daddy was teaching me a lesson so my father could bring it back to my remembrance. So who knows? So you see, we can't make these excuses to not sow. We can't get caught up in the things around us, things going on at work. 
things in this world. We can't get caught up. He said we had to be a good soldier. We got to endure. We can't entangle ourselves with the things of this world. We got to be a good enlisted soldier. James chapter 5. What time? James chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer who waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. It's a lot closer now than it's ever been. Susan, you can come if you want. We're going to end there. We're not going to make it to the other ones because we'll be here to another two hours. But we got to understand that we've got to be a son. If we're not a son, we'll never get to partake in any of the rest of this. We got to be his child. We got to be born again. We got to know that we know that we know that we're his. We got to know. If we're not a son, we'll never, ever get to be the good soldier. Because we're going to run when we get to this hard stuff. If we are one of those seed that fell on some thorny ground, when all these things come up, when we get to this good soldier stage, we ain't never going to get to that armor because we're going to be high-telling it and running. So we got to be his. we got to be a good soldier. we got to endure. we got to withstand, and we have got to stand. And then when we thought it was going to get all easier, then we got to become an athlete. That's hard stuff. I, I, I had this arm fixed, this shoulder fixed. I lost all muscle in about two months. I'm talking about all. I mean, I'm like, I can't do that hardly. So what did I have to go to? Physical therapy. That lady smiled at me. She said, are you going to like me when you leave? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. I know what she was talking about when I got to the end. No, ma'am, I really don't like you at all. Because she had to stretch me. But praise God. I went through some endurance. I had to withstand some things. But praise God, I did. Because where I was once like this, I now got a hand I can praise them. So we got to withstand some things. We got to be an athlete and we've got to endure some hardships. But we got to be a farmer. We got to sow seed. We got to sow it wherever we go because the time is getting short. You may be the only farmer in somebody's field. Don't have your seed bag full when you get out of there, okay? Ecclesiastes tells us in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, sow your seed. Sow it. You got to sow it. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast of Life Church. If you are looking for a home church, please visit us at 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia, 
or check out our website at lifechurchga.com.